Hey y'all! So, I'm currently sitting in a brand new closet that is so much bigger and a lot more soundproof than what I was working with just a couple months ago. However, if you still hear some audio issues, maybe you still hear some stuff in the background that was a big um, source of feedback was there was stuff in the background, you guys could hear my background noises. I can't help that. I've come to the realization that it's just the microphone I have. That's what I get for buying a beginner podcasting microphone off Amazon for like $30. So until my husband can gift me with a new one, this is what we're sticking with. But you know what? You guys are still showing up and listening to my podcast. So I'm rolling with it. And I just hope that you guys are rolling it with me. We are still in the very beginning stages of my podcast. I am still an absolute noob when it comes to podcasting, but we're, we're growing there. We're growing there. So, where do I even begin? Well, I wanted to come on here and do a brief update since I haven't made an episode in three months. I know it's been a while, but life happens. In the past three months, I moved across the Metroplex to settle down and grow some roots in the city that my husband and I will start our life in. Now, I say husband, but at the time of recording this episode, I actually get married in seven days. We are officially in wedding week. So, I have been really busy planning a wedding and time has just flown by with that. I literally remember crying to my fiance back in May when we first got engaged because I wanted a short engagement, and so we gave it six months, but I still felt like six months was way too long, and I wanted to marry him that weekend, and I remember crying because I was just like, we're, we're never, like, it, it's so far away. I didn't, want, I didn't want to say we're never going to make it there, but it was so far away in my head. Like, we didn't even start a Texas summer at this time, and now that we've gone through all the seasons and we're finally here just days away time has just really flown by. So, officially wedding week. I am resting and relaxing and really taking the time to just relish this precious season that my fiance and I are in. So, I haven't recorded in a few months. My last episode was a bit sassy. As you all know, I know no one here on my podcast, none of my listeners really live under a rock, so I'm just going to make the general assumption that, that we all know of the things that have occurred in our nation since my last episode in August, um, such as the passing of SB8, which is Texas, um, the Texas abortion ban bill. And if you're new here and haven't listened to my previous episodes and you don't really know who I am, um, just a quick recap, I am a pro-life social worker. I do work for one of the biggest pro-life organizations here in our state on a clinical team of nurses and other social workers. And what we do is we help and service women statewide who are in crisis pregnancies. We advocate for their life as well as the life of their baby and the passing of SBA has made us all very busy but I feel like I've grown a lot more as a social worker over the past three months more so than the hellish year I spent at CPS. I definitely know I've received so much confirmation from the Lord that this is the field of work I'm called to and it's hard work and it's sad work and it's 
really fulfilling, really productive work that I believe in. And my experience so far of working with this clientele, um, it's really helped me educate my opinion and my personal philosophy on what the term pro-life should mean and should look like. So in my belief, not only should the pro-life movement be about chanting a mantra or protesting or arguing or defending a stance, but it should also be about doing. And what I mean by that is the simple acts of being there for these vulnerable families. Now, this looks like community and individual support systems gathering around parents and children and empowering them and fighting for their quality of life. And an example of that could be maybe volunteering at your local maternity home or donating your money and time and any other resources to organizations that help families or showing up at nonprofits that are on a mission to help families and you stepping in and helping them accomplish their mission. And as well as even the most basic acts like being a neighbor, checking in on those in your community and being there for those who are walking through hard seasons for example, an unexpected pregnancy. Maybe it's you being a mentor to a teen mom and telling her every day that yes, she can be a mom and she can be college educated and she can be a body career woman and everything else that the Lord has called her to be with a child in hand. Or maybe it's taking a moment to observe a struggling family in your church, going over to them and asking them how they were doing and seeing if they need help with anything. Or maybe it's signing up to be a foster parent or a foster family. There are many ways to deepen the meaning of what it means to be pro-life. So I hope you're encouraged to find out what that looks like for you. I think we're given an amazing opportunity in our generation right now to show the world what it looks like to be a feminist, to be pro-life, and to really make a change that values the lives of children and parents and families. Anyway, that's my spill. On to the next point. I announced back in October that I was going to do an episode on the foster care system here in Texas. That is still my plan. However, it's being pushed back to January. I have a goal to release that conversation next month once the rush of the holiday season and my wedding season is completely over. And the reason being is that, um, first of all, I'm just super busy. Second of all, it's a very research-intensive topic, and I want to make sure I'm putting in my due diligence to provide the most accurate information regarding the current state of the foster care system here in Texas that I can find and I can provide. And I'm doing Texas because not only do I live here and I just really care about my state and I really care about the people in the state, but... We've been in the news a lot this year regarding child welfare, and we've had a foster care crisis. We've had really bad child abuse-related deaths that have just taken over headlines, and to be quite honest, Texas still ranks pretty low for child welfare in the entire nation. So, it's definitely a reality that needs to be addressed and discussed and accurately talked about. So that's my goal with that episode next month, and I'm hoping I can expand it to more specific episodes because foster care and CPS and child welfare is just a monstrous topic, but stay tuned 
and I will help break it down for y'all. I want to take the next few minutes here to reflect on 2021 and share some words of wisdom I've learned over the past 12 months because I know it has been a tough year for many of us. I have felt it. I know a lot of people in my personal social circles have felt it. I have read story after story of people who have just not thrived this year. It's been it's been a hard year for us y'all. With the continuation of the pandemic along with so many heated political arguments, more divisiveness and discord among us. It's just been a hot year. Personally, it has been one of my toughest years to date. If you haven't listened to previous episodes, I resigned from CPS back in May. My time there led to major burnout that I am finally recovering from, but I suffered from horrible panic attacks for months. And I spent the last six to eight months going to many doctor appointments, trying to discover what was wrong with my health until I was finally told just last week by a cardiologist that I suffer from stress and I need to give my mind and my body a break. So a lot of that stress was sourced from life events like having a really bad job with CPS Um, On top of losing a lot of friendships over the past year, um, either due to differences of political beliefs or just um, really petty fallouts, Um, losing my purpose as a social worker for a few months there after I resigned from CPS, I did have a hard time transitioning to my current job, so that was a tough couple months for me. I also studied my butt off for the LSAT, which is the law school mission test. I took it, was it right before Thanksgiving or right after Thanksgiving? I don't even remember. Um, I took it in November. I got my score back in the um, beginning of December and I did not make a very good score on it. I was actually practice testing higher than I, my, my actual score, my real exam score. And so I'm just crediting it to test anxiety, but I'll get into that later. So right now I'm having to kind of reconsider my career path. Um, So that has been another source of stress for me. And it's just been a year of many changes and many unknowns, many um, plans that fell through, a lot of grief, a lot of sorrow, and Recently, I have just been so heavily convicted to lay it down and just rest in the Lord during this time. I have had many conversations with really close friends of mine who have given me the same word, and that is be still, be still, be still. So I'm trying to do that right now. I'm just focusing on getting married, on starting a life with my husband, and just being still. And my type A personality is having a really hard time with that. But I know that it's necessary to my healing and my growth and just 
my future in general. I feel like the health of my future is depending on just me being still and waiting on the Lord in this time. A verse I want to share that's been really encouraging to me the past couple months is 1 Peter 5, 7 that says, cast all your anxieties on him for he cares for you. And that scripture has just been my commanding focus since I got my LSAT score and just had a complete meltdown over it. And I have just been learning to lay it all down before Jesus and to rest and heal and repeat. And this month has actually been really good so far. Um, Just full transparency, I do have a history of struggling with seasonal depression, but last year and this year, I haven't really struggled with it. Um, This year, I'm doing fine. I'm really looking forward to getting married, and I will just admit that the past six months planning my wedding, I haven't been this joyous that I am right now. So, I feel like just me taking the time to rest and relax and be still has reduced my burnout and anxiety symptoms a lot. And I'm committed in 2022 to taking a slower pace in life. I don't have a history of doing that. If any of you know me in my personal life, I am very high achieving. I am very ambitious. I'm constantly filling my plate with too much. But I have been really heavily convicted these past few weeks to um, adopt a slower pace in life. I feel like it's what the Lord is calling me to do. I feel like my health depends on it. And so I just plan to do that in 2022. And I'm learning to find the balance between my ambitious self and also trying to live a life of simplicity and stillness. I'm learning how to find a balance between my aspirations to completely reform systems of oppression while also living a homestead life, repurposing dilapidated backyards into chicken coops. Because I believe I can have the best of both worlds. So that's what I'm working on in my personal life right now. I'm trying not to overshare too much. I have an issue with oversharing, but I'm trying not to overshare too much. Um, But I just do want to share a couple of tidbits that I've learned this past year and I just hope that this wisdom encourages you to make some necessary changes in your life um, as we move on together in 2022. I want to be gentle in sharing this. Um, I'm still working through some hurts I've had this past year but I am thankful that I've learned these lessons and that they've helped me to be a better person. So, a lot of my reflecting and healing actually started at the end of 2020. Um, I had a friend who was like a second mom to me, and she literally cut me out of her life in one text message because I said I didn't like Kamala Harris, and it was the most intense text message I had ever received from a friend, a really close friend of mine. Um, There was no closure. There was um, no opportunity to reconcile, and I was completely vilified. And ever since that, moving into 2021, it has just been one thing after the other. And I went into 2021 with a very small group in my support system, which continued to get smaller throughout the year. I lost a lot of my professional network when I came out as pro-life. 
and I hate saying it that way, but the social exclusion I got from so many quote-unquote feminist women who I was once friends with, like I went to DC with, I did advocacy with, um, called me a terrorist and an extremist and literally blocked me without ever trying to offer a productive conversation about our differences of uh, pro-life, pro-choice. So for the record, I never want to call people out like how people have called me out. Um, I trust myself to be held accountable by people that I have entrusted that right to. Um, but with people on the interwebs, I try to be gentle with my words. Sometimes I do come off a little stern, but I will always fight for unity and reconciliation. However, I do believe that there needs to be a boundary set in place and there needs to be a tolerance level for us to be able to protect our peace. I have learned this year that I will no longer continue to be a punching bag, um, but I'm also learning how to walk away and how to not to be so reactive. Dr. Christina Crenshaw, she is one of my favorite Instagram professors who I'm actually going to quote a couple times in this episode. She posted something on her social media a few months ago that really convicted me to start disciplining my voice and my emotions. She said, is your voice contributing to the chaos? And I'm sure she said a lot more than that because I was like, I like, we had a fun little like combo about it. Like she really ministered to me when she just like posted that question. And I had to sit on that for a while because I was absolutely losing myself in these petty, unfruitful arguments by people whose sole intention was to not only accuse me of misjudgment, but cause strife and hype and confusion and rage-filled chaos. And I admit, a lot of the words and the accusations that were thrown at me over the past few months, they hurt me. And I don't share that to receive sympathy. I just want to share that to give an example on kind of my roots of what started this whole journey of healing and discipling process that I'm on. So, side note, I actually do want to do an episode on millennials and the need to be discipled because that was heavily on my heart this past year for my generation, but we'll get into that another time. Anyway, in the midst of all this chaotic confrontation and this tit-for-tat arguing that I feel like so many people have fallen into on social media the past few months. There were many conversations and social circles, I don't know, acquaintances that I had to just completely step away from. So I took the verbal beating. I let people call me whatever it is they wanted to call me. I stepped away. I went silent. I had to find out who I was again what I stood for. I learned to go offline and to be more present in real life, focusing on the work that I'm called to do each day alongside those who are showing up in my support system right now. It's been a learning lesson for me because I'm human. I want vengeance. I want to be the person to get the last word in and I want an apology from people who have hurt me more than ever. Um, 
people who have gone on to ruin my reputation personally and professionally. But again, another quote from Dr. Christina Crenshaw, one of the greatest Instagram professors. You guys need to follow her. She says, your healing cannot be contingent on someone else's apology. My healing, my growing, and the work I'm called to cannot be contingent on someone else's thoughts or opinions of me. Just can't. Ephesians 4.31 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Now, am I always perfect at that Christian command? Absolutely not. But I do feel like it's one of the main characteristics that that does set apart Christians from things of the flesh, things of the world. So I do try to aim for fruitful encounters with people, even those who differ and disagree so vocally and so publicly with me. Um... I try really hard not to fall for the motives of division that our country is enabling so much of right now, but it's really hard to not get caught up in it. So here are some ways I've learned to not be so reactive, to take a step back and process to determine where I want my time and focus to go to in 2022, and to continue to learn to discipline my voice and my anger and my ambition in a more gentle kinder, fruitful way. Number one, nurture your friendships. So when Andrew first introduced me to his friends last year in 2020, when we first started dating, I met his friends and I was shocked that I actually found a solid Christian social circle of people who had been friends for two decades, y'all. Andrew has had friends, the same friends, for two decades. Like, that doesn't even exist anymore. And I remember back in March, going into prayer and telling God, I want friendships like this where you, Lord, can be real. And did he deliver? Now, I've lost a lot of very super superficial friendships over the years. And looking back, I can definitely see how they were not very fruitful friendships, um, either because of petty disagreements or just not being equally yoked in a lot of beliefs. But now I do have a few solid friendships where prayer is always welcome and Holy Spirit is always invited. And this is a group of friends that I worship Jesus with. I live life with. I get my nails done with them. I shop with them. I talk about marriage and motherhood and Jesus and just life things with these people. And back in October... I was very convicted to start nurturing these friendships. I spent most of this year grieving over lost friendships and I went into prayer one night and the Lord very sternly told me, I've given you friends. I've given you a community. Take care of what I've blessed you with. And since then, Andrew and I, we make very diligent efforts to have date nights and friend days with those who are are our friends are in our support system they show up for us and we want to show up for them as well and 
we're learning how to nurture the community that we are also in. So um, a lot of our support system comes from our church. We're, lo- we're learning how to show up for our church and we're learning how to have friends and how to be good friends. And these friends that I have, I mean, they have stepped up this season of life that I'm in. They gifted me with the bridal shower. They are helping me plan my wedding. They're stepping up and billing and billing big shoes on my wedding day. And most of all, they have been with me through some of my most awful days this past year. I look back at 2021 and my most hardest days are where people came in and they helped me and they edified me and they encouraged me. And those are my friends. So if you can't tell, I really love my friends. I've been gifted with such an awesome support system. And I pray that for you. If you're sitting here in 2021 wondering who are your friends, I just want to just release a prayer over you and just pray that the Lord gives you the friends that you're needing for this time in your life. And when you get those friends, nurture them, take care of them, invest in them. Even if it's you putting in the effort more so than the other person, nurture them, sow goodness in them because life gets busy. It's easy to get isolated and to be alone. Things can happen over time, but pursue forgiveness, pursue unity, take care of your friendships now, and they will last you through life. And that is something that I have learned by dating Andrew and by learning from his very mature, much older, but amazing friends that I am so thankful I get to be friends with. Next pointer, get off social media. Like seriously, I truly feel like if the whole world went off social media for one day, world peace would actually exist. So get off social media, take frequent breaks from it. I personally often delete my social medias throughout the week, especially more so during my work day, during my work hours, just so that I can be present for my clients. It helps me focus on the real life that's happening around me. Researchers don't like correlating social media with the increase in mental health disorders and the intensity of divisiveness that we are experiencing in our generation with internet, but it's common sense to assume it. Since the beginning of Instagram, there have been a lot of negative mental consequences on people. I mean, we're constantly fed content that makes us compare, incites emotions of sadness or anger in us, fuels unrealistic expectations and standards, and so on and so on. I mean, the list of effects that social media has had on us is scary. And There are also a lot of people out there who just don't steward their social media well. So we definitely need to be more discerning about what we're digesting on a daily basis on all our social media apps. I believe that we also need to be more intentional with taking a hiatus. Take a break from it as much as you can. Give your mind a rest on the constant scrolling, on the constant reading, on the constant replying. And just focus on the life that's before your very eyes. Because y'all, life is rich and full offline. I mean, it's beautiful out there. 
if you're not constantly caught up in headlines or caught up in a celebrity's life or caught up in a hashtag, there's a life out there that is, it is a gift, it's beautiful, it's worth living, it's worth putting your phone down for. So I highly encourage you to get off social media, go live it, go experience life in front of you, and just watch your mental health benefit from it. Number three, learned lesson this year, don't fall into fear. We're going on year three of unprecedented times with the new strain of COVID that's literally causing the most contradicting headlines. I mean, you can obviously tell that journalists are just no longer on the same page about anything, but whatever, that's for another conversation. Fear keeps you from living and it wants to rob you of life. So don't fall into it. Resist it. Flee from it. Be brave. Be rebellious against it and go live. Y'all, there will always be sickness. There will always be controversial headlines that provoke fear and concern. There's always going to be rumors of war. There's always going to be some event that scares you to stay at home and live in your bedroom. There's always going to be headlines and news and whatever that constantly demands our attention. But if you don't fall into the fear of it, if you don't fall for the hype of it, then it's just another day for you to show up to the work you're called to do to be your very best, and to live it well. Go do that instead. Don't fall into fear. Number four, change is scary, but good. Can you relate to me? Did you find yourself in a completely new job this year? Or maybe you're having to end a relationship, or maybe you moved somewhere completely new and foreign. Well then, you have found yourself with a clean slate, a gift that change gives us. Embrace it and let the Lord show you the opportunities that can come with it. When I resigned from CPS in May, I didn't have a job lined up, but I knew I was being obedient when I made that change in my life. And since then, there have been more benefits, more positive outcomes for making that change in my life than there would have had I just stayed at CPS and gotten comfortable. Change was an unnerving time of transition for me. I didn't know what to expect with it, but I'm glad I just rolled with it and let it happen, and I don't regret it. So I really hope that you find that change is good for you too, and that you make whatever necessary changes you need to make in your life. Number five, find out what matters to you. Personally, I've had to reprioritize a lot of my life to prepare for marriage. But it was necessary and I've come to realize that nothing, no career plan, no goal, no job, is worth me sacrificing my health, my mental wellness, and my well-being or compromising my ability to show up for my family every day. Pretty soon I'm going to be preparing for children and motherhood and trying to build a home 
And now I'm at a place in my life where I completely refuse to do anything that compromises that for me, that makes me sacrifice showing up and being there for my family. So burnout, working unhealthy hours, losing your sanity and your identity over something is just never worth it in the long run, y'all. So take the time to do a life audit and find out what matters to you the most and make the decisions and the choices you need to make to protect it. Next pointer. Don't let anyone's opinions about you negate your identity, your purpose, or your existence. To the words that told you that you were never going to be good enough, to the relationships that made you overcompensate for love, to the feelings that made you feel like the absolute trash of the earth, to the workplaces and the social spaces that bullied you for being different, to the people who don't like you for whatever reason, and the situations that victimized you, to the enemy who is on a mission to destroy and distract you. You person listening to this podcast, remember that you are a child of God and no one is powerful enough to take that away from you. You are valuable and brave and worthy and purposed and adored and cherished and loved and called and chosen. And if people don't like anything about that, then you know what? My mom would say, pish posh on them. You keep being everything that he has called you to be. Nothing more, nothing less, period. My final learned life lesson from 2021. God is sovereign. So for the past three to four years, I have been pursuing law. It was something I put on myself. I had always wanted to go to law school. I studied for the LSAT and I didn't make a good score, which I later found out that a lot of first-time test takers don't make good scores, so I've found some slight comfort in that. However, from September up until the week, the day leading up to the exam, I suffered from so many panic attacks. I literally lost my peace over it. I became so mentally unwell. And receiving my score just a few weeks ago made me finally accept that I don't think I can continue on that career path if it means that I continue to lose my sanity over it. So I admit, I put that expectation on myself. I thought I needed to be a lawyer by the time I was 30. There are a lot of really stupid, hard, and unrealistic expectations I've laid on myself for years, my entire 20s. And because I'm human, I don't meet them. And so I'm constantly uh, being met with disappointment. So recently, the Lord has convicted me to surrender my very ambitious plans to Him. And that's what I'm doing at this time. And I have no idea what is going to come of it. But I have already seen Him weaving back together something that's far greater beyond me at this time. But I'm just learning to be still and to rest and to heal and to just continue to lay down 
all my plans to him because I trust that he has my steps ordered and planned and directed and governed and he will not deter me from his perfect will for my life. That is something I've had to constantly put into prayer and application in my life over the past couple weeks. So as of right now, I have no idea what my next career step is. All I know is that I'm a 28-year-old, passionate, young professional who doesn't fit into a box. And I wish there was a clear-cut path with some degree program or some how-tos that can combine my desires for unity and advocacy and ministry and good governance to help communities all over the world. But I still have yet to find out anything out there that can help me do that. So until then, all I know is that I just need to show up as a social worker taking care of the clients that I've been given to take care of and advocating for them in the best way that I can. And I know that the Lord brought my Enneagram 8 voice here in this moment for such a time as this. So I'm going to choose to be faithful in the tasks that I'm called to at this time, time, no matter how minute or mundane they may feel. I'm also going to take my sweet time relishing newly newlywed life before I pursue anything else. That's my plan for 2022 is just going to rest in the Lord. Trust that he has that year already in the palm of his hand. And I hope that some part of my shared wisdom here helps you make some healthier resolutions for yourself in 2022. One thing I know of God more than knowing he is sovereign and faithful as always is that he did not bring us this far to abandon us or confuse us and i'm really excited to see what paths he paves for all of us this next year i truly believe 2022 is going to be a year of breakthrough for many people it's going to be a year of repurposing reshifting reprioritizing some things reigniting some things that were buried um, just th- over the past couple years, I feel like 2022 is going to be a year of thriving for a lot of people. Um, the Lord gave me a word a couple weeks ago that he, he told me, I'm going to give back double portion what anxiety stole from you this past year. And that is a word I just want to boldly release to anyone that is hearing this episode that I just pray the Lord gives back to you double portion of what has been taken from you, um, whether it be over the past couple months, over the past couple years, that the Lord guide you and protect you and lead you to his perfect will for your life. So y'all, that's all I have for today's episode. You can give me a follow on my Instagram at Marissa from Texas or at the social initiative. I do have my podcast account linked in my personal profile. So that's how you can get to that account from there. I will be dropping announcements on my next episode. So feel free to give me a follow to stay updated. I'll also tag my handles in the show notes of this episode. I wish you all a very wonderful Christmas and a happy new year. I will return next year super married and very ready for what 2022 brings.